0: The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Pitaka Swami Maharaj on September thirtieth, two thousand and seven. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, chapter 5, verse 8. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Translation
0: by his divine grace, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Yes. The Supreme King of all kings has created different planets and places of habitation where living entities are situated in terms of their modes of nature and work. He has created their different kings and rulers. Translation with repetition. The Supreme King of Kings.
1: The King of Kings
0: has created different planets, created different planets and, places of and, places of and places of habitation where living entities are situated, entities are situated in, terms in terms of the modes of nature and work, and He has created their different kings and rulers.
1: And
0: he has created kings and rulers. Report by Śrīla
1: Prabhupāda,
0: yes. Lord Krishna is the chief king of all kings. And, He has created different planets for all kinds of living entities. Even on this planet there are different places for inhabitation by different types of men. There are places like deserts, ice and valleys and mountainous, country, mountainous countries and in each of them there are different kinds of men born of different modes of nature according to their past deeds. There are people in the Arabian deserts and in the valleys of the Himalayan mountains. And the inhabitants of these two places differ from one another, just as the inhabitants of the Icelands also differ from them. Similarly, there are also different planets. The planets below the earth down to the Patal planet are full of various kinds of living entities. No planet is vacant, as wrongly imagined by the modern so-called scientists. In Bhagavad Gita we can, we find it said that uh, by the Lord that the living entities are sarva gata, or present in every sphere of life. So there is no doubt that on other planets there are also inhabitants like us, sometimes with greater intelligence and greater opulence. The living conditions for those of greater intelligence are more luxurious than on this earth. There are also planets where no sunlight reaches, and there are living entities who must live there due to their past deeds. All such plans for living conditions are made by the Supreme Lord, and Vidura requested Maitreya to describe this for the sake of further enlightenment. Harihi Om Tatsat. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport of the third canto, fifth chapter, eighth verse. In the matter of Vidura's talks with Maitreya, spoken here at the Adelaide, Australia, Radha Shema Sundar Mandir, mm-hmm. on this uh, 30th of August, 2007, Christophe Do, in 521st year of our beloved Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Harihi Om Tat Sat. So, in this universe there are so many different places. Different planets, different stars, different solar systems. And uh, they have all their different kinds of uh, situations for living. Now the uh, modern science is sending people to the Mars planet to see whether there's any facility for sustaining life as we know it on this planet over there. But actually we have a a carbon based life here. Carbon, oxygen, carbon dioxide. So our ecological uh, needs are different here for this planet, everything is organized in a particular way. We breathe oxygen, the plants eat, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, the plants breathe carbon dioxide, and their byproduct is they breathe out oxygen. So we cut down all the planets and all the plants in the planet, we won't be able to breathe. Pretty soon we'll use up all the oxygen. That's why it's uh, important that we have uh, green areas in the world. But millions, uh, I don't know, millions or hundreds of thousands of hectares of uh, forest land in the Amazons and different places around the world, which I consider like the lungs for the earth, those are being cut down just to because the people want to make paper and print different kinds of books or whatever. Then when the... We get on their case, but then they, they say, Well look at you're already rich countries, we're a poor country, so we want to get rich and once you are rich we'll think about it. But meanwhile the whole earth planet is you know going down the drain. So Krishna made a perfect balance in this planet. But we have this kind of ecosystem. I remember one time uh Maharaj, she showed me one article that he had discovered that in the middle of the ocean somewhere there was a volcanic fissure I don't know how to pronounce it fissure that out from there was coming ammonia gas and in that ammonia gas there were living entities that were living and breathing the ammonia gas and they were creating and they were sustaining a very they were unique kind of uh, creatures that they swam out from the ammonia gas area into the normal ocean, they die, and if a normal fish swims into that, they die. They have their own little micro ecosystem based on ammonia gas breathing, so he was using that to show that just like for us, ammonia gas is highly poisonous, sometimes there was some ammonia gas uh, freighter and a train that tipped over somewhere and so many people died, but there are certain animals that they could—they could, uh, had the ecosystem that they could breathe ammonia gas. They didn't have the same uh, ecosystem that we have. They had some other system. So you wanted to show me that this uh, proves that we can have—you uh, know—we're just looking that where is their water, where is there, like our kind of ecological system, but there can be so many other kinds that we have no idea about. If we go there, we be hostile to us, we will die. But the other living entities, uh, they may be breathing uh, in ammonia gas and breathing out something else in which will create a some kind of harmony in the plants there will be totally different uh, harmonious uh, combinations. Also the idea that uh, we'll be on another dimension. We're just on a, a particular gross dimension but there are also planets where people live on a subtle dimension or just like uh, the vedas say that uh, the sun planet is a uh, heavenly planet and there the people live in uh, have fiery bodies and live in the fire as so as uh, there they have really opulent uh, situation the chatriyas who die in the battlefield they can go to surya loka so it's considered to be a heavenly planet but from our ecological viewpoint, if we see environmentally, it's like, uh, who can survive? But if you have a body made out of fire or if the body is at a higher subtle level, then that our how we are living here has no re- relevance at all. Just like uh, on the, the moon planet is also considered to be uh, some kind of a heavenly planet. And... Uh, One day Bhakti Siddhanta Saritakura was taking a walk and he looked up and he was looking at the moon and looking and looking and all the disciples were with him on the walk or looking at him and looking at the moon and wondering what's he doing, what's he thinking about. Then he was saying, you know, on the moon planet they're becoming gradually some materialistic, they're turning their face away from Krishna consciousness. It's supposed to be heavenly planet, it's supposed to be more... Krishna consciousness, but they're becoming more materialistic. And uh, so it's important we have to go there and preach to them. Get them to maintain their Krishna consciousness. You know, this was, you know, maybe 1800, 1905 or something, you know, he's telling his disciples how we have to go to the moon. Now, there's in the newspaper, he said, we're going to go to the moon and by two year 2020, this idea to have moon bases and there's a kind of a race. But who's going to go there and claim the moon as their own uh, colony? Because uh, the moon has a lot of uh, uh, frozen helium. And uh, if they can bring down frozen helium, even a small quantity of frozen helium, can uh, by fusion. Now we're using fission, if I got it right, nuclear reactions using fission there's another type of reaction called fusion. And that needs uh, liquid, or needs, uh, uh, what do you call it, helium. So they're saying they can power a whole city the size of New York for one year with a little bit of helium. So it doesn't produce any radioactivity byproduct, it's very clean. So like this there, uh, it was uh, last night up on, I was on the news uh, when we were flying here to Adelaide from uh, from Sydney about how there's a big race. Who's gonna get to the moon first? We always thought they already got to the moon, now it's taking them so many years to get there again. But probably doubted that whether they really got there. So now if it's so you see they got there so many years before now their technology is so much further advanced. Why it's taking them so much longer to get there the second time? Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, a lot of tension on the moon though because of this uh, liquid helium. So before they say now it, it makes uh, economic sense because the price of petroleum product is so high and we're running out maybe in the future. So now we can use the helium from the moon. But. The people on the moon planet, they're not living on the same dimension. As we know, life can't be sustained on the moon. they got astronauts now practicing under the the ocean, underwater. What it would be like to live in a moon station for six months. So they're having to live uh, so many meters under the sea in a relatively less uh, weightful condition. And uh, just to see how they can adapt to living... For six months like that in a little place, and they said they go. You know, they have psychological problems being cooped up for so long. So Allah, they really seem to be quite serious. Uh, big uh, because there's money in it, right? To go to the moon and find and uh, exploit the resources there. So you're gonna see Russia. you can go there and put up their Russian flag or America. And <laughs> Who's going to claim the moon, you know? Why didn't they do that before when they, they went there? Where's the flag? Anyway, the point is that uh, what we their preconceived condition that this is what it requires for life is not really a relevant uh, analysis. There's so many other kinds of uh, even on the gross level ecosystems, and then on a the subtle level, that's totally out of the, out of the radar for them. For, obviously, if people on heavenly planets can live for hundreds of thousands or millions of years, they don't have the kind of uh, bodies that we have. They have a much uh, different, uh, more subtle body, which uh, lasts a long time. The so Prabhupada is saying here, the planets below the earth down to the Patal planet are full of various kinds of living entities. No planet is vacant as wrongly imagined by the modern so-called scientists. In Bhagavad Gita we find it said by the Lord that the living entities of Sarvagata are present in every sphere of life. So there's no doubt that on other planets there are also inhabitants like us sometimes with greater intelligence and greater opulence. So, according to the Vedas, there's a Chota Bhubana, there's fourteen levels of planetary systems. And we're on the seventh level. So, there's six above us and seven below. There are millions and unlimited trillions of different kinds of planets. So, they all fit within the fourteen grades. I used to m I used to have memorized the lower planets. No, I'm not so sure anymore Atala sutala
1: mm. huh? mm. No, but there's
0: seven in Kala tala. Mahatala. Huh? Mahatala. Mm. Mahatala. There's a Vitala also. Vitala and there's a patala. How many is that? Atala, sutala, talatala, vital, rasatala, patala, Huh?
1: Mahatala. Maatala.
0: Patala patala. patala. Not necessarily in the exact order. <laughs> then yeah. the bhang swa. We we're, we're we're in the boor loka, then there's a buva, then there's a... The swarga, that is the three mundos, What's visible universe are on these three levels. But beyond that, there's higher planets which are not visible to us. They're on the higher subtle plane. And then you have this... Uh, you have what's... Uh, mahaloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka and Satyaloka. Huh? No, the Pitra Lok is that uh, that's somehow connected to uh, to uh, to hell. It's in the lowest seven. Hmm? It's in the lowest seven. meters of yeah. we have the uh, subtrainings. You have Yamalok. In Yamalok, Yama uh, which is like a special. So, that you know, half of it is uh, for those who are getting punished and the other half is Pichilo. So, he changes his form. It says when he goes into the hellish area, then he has uh, horns coming out of his head. And he's... Uh, rings any bells and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, he's giving uh, the uh, judgment to the people. And when he goes into the Pipji side, then he looks like a human being and he's a really uh, beautiful person. And there, So you have the two sides uh, of uh, Yamaraj. So this is uh, Vidura, is the incarnation of Yamaraj. Yamaraj was uh, cursed. It was a Mandaka Rishi because Mandaka Rishi was arrested. Some thief uh, took shelter in his ashram, He didn't even know about it. And then the uh, police came, uh, king's uh, police came and found that uh, this guy took shelter in his ashram and arrested uh, Mandaka Muni and uh, said that uh, you are harboring a criminal, so you're going to be punished by uh, death. He said, well, I don't know anything about it. he just came and hid my ashram, I wasn't harboring him. And, well, we found him, you're guilty. so. So then he was tied to the post and then all the soldiers were holding their lances, their, their spears. and were going to throw the spears at him and this way he was going to be impaired and killed by uh, spearing at the stake. So Ani gets fed and he's ready to throw. You can imagine the kind of tension he's under. Then the messenger came from the king that, spare him, we don't want this uh, rishi to be killed. And uh, his pardoned, whatever. So then Mandaka, he was so powerful uh, that he went to uh, Yamaraj and asked him, why did I have to suffer this kind of karma? Why I was put under extreme stress, you know, being tied up on the post and then the, like the firing squad, you know, just ready to be shot. And he said, when you were three years old, you took a straw and you were poking uh, insects. And we were poking an insect was feeling extreme fear at this sharp straw coming down on it. So because of that, uh, you had to suffer this karma. I was three years old, what did I know? One or two or three, I didn't know anything. You know, how, how can a little child be held responsible? Well, that's the loss of karma. You cause suffering to another living entity, you have to suffer. So then he, then uh, this uh, rishi made our curse I don't accept your decision. This is not reasonable. So I curse you to become a sudra. To be born on earth, that's a sudra. And then the second thing he said, I curse like all the parents, that they have to take their karma for their children up till five years old. Whatever they do, it's their responsibility. <laughs> the kids shouldn't be held responsible. So don't let your kids, uh, you know, poke insects or... Tear apart uh, <laughs> frogs and do any weird things, you know. Because you'll be responsible. Don't have them eat uh, non-veg food, meat, fish, eggs. You'll be responsible. So like that, so Yamarat decided he'll come down to the planet uh, when Krishna's on the planet. So he took this birth as Vidura who was uh, Pandu's... (coughs) How was it? Who was the previous king? uh, Pandu, Dhritarashtra and uh, Vidura. Somehow (coughs) they're all related. Somehow that uh, previous uh, father wasn't able to conceive. So in previous yugas, the brother of... uh, the brother could also conceive in, the, in, the, his brother's wife. It was allowed. In Kali Yuga, that's forbidden. Because, uh, people are too lusty, then there's gonna be definitely some emotional problems. But apparently people were so self-controlled at that time that the brother could do that without getting attached. So, they, somehow they're related like a brother with the Atsudeva, so he, uh, he did it. But then, that's the first, uh, queen that came, she was freaked out because Vyasteva was like an old sage and big beard and everything and so she closed her eyes during the relation. so Vidarashtra was born blind. Then the second one, the wife uh, the queen was uh, too freaked out to have a relation with the so she sent her servant instead. So dura became the Doha son of the maidservant and she was the sudra so that's why he's considered also like a sudra, but he was born in the royal family, but from the maid servant. So it's like... Then the third one, uh, the third uh, attempt, uh, she kept her eyes open, but uh, she was uh, freaked out, so she became very pale. So her son, Pandu, as said, was the very light-colored. she was also very pale-colored, so. So then because uh, Dhritarashtra was blind, so he couldn't take the throne, Vidura was in by so he couldn't take, so Pandu became the legitimate king. That's why the Pandavas were the next in line to be the kings. But Dhritarashtra, he wanted his sons to be the kings, and that's the whole intrigue They're all coming from the common uh, parenthood. So like that. So Vidura is actually Yamaraj. but he's coming and getting some association with Krishna. And now he's coming and he's approaching Maitreya to get some spiritual instruction. So, in Chaitanya Leela, it mentions that uh, when Jagai Madai, in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, there's a pastime that says when Jagai Madai were delivered at that time in Yamaloka. The, uh, the accountants who are keeping track of everybody's karma, they w- went to Yamura. there were like really a uh, big commotion at how Jagay Madhai, who were really special uh, top criminals in the universe. They were born brahmanas and uh, in a Brahminical family and they knew that scripture, so they would personally research the scriptures. What are all the worst sins you can do? And then they would specifically consciously do those sins. If it says that to beat up a helpless person is more sinful, then they go find a helpless person, beat him up. <laughs> if having a sex with a guru's wife or the brahmana's wife, and then go rape some brahmana's wife. I mean, they did this like specifically, they, like a checklist. What are the worst sins we can do? They try to do all of them. Like uh, this ridiculing the whole uh, Yamaraj and whole law of karma. So, in Yamalok, because they were being so belligerent, the normal 26 hellish planets that they have rehabilitation programs, they didn't think were uh, quite suitable for this uh, group, this two. So apparently they had like special architects in the heavenly planet, the hellish planets, who are making custom made hell for them where they're going to really get some super punishment to because they are doing so many super sinful activities. So that's another job in the universe for some architects designing hells. So many different occupational programs that so anyway, then all of a sudden Jagai and Madai were delivered by Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya, and all their sins were forgiven. So all everybody was amazed, and then so they went to see Ayamaraj and told him what happened. So Yamaraj said, "Well, how many karmas did they have?" He said, if we put down all the bad karmas in, the, in writing in warehouses, it would take like 27 or something. So many different you know, warehouses piled up with all the karmas they did. They're just like unbelievable what they were doing. So then uh, Yamaraj fainted. So they they were fanning him and trying to revive him and all. And uh, but he wasn't reviving them. Lord Shiva happened to come along and they told Shiva, she was what happened to Yamaraj and they told her Sagar were delivered, and then we told Yamaraj, and he fainted. He's in shock. <laughs> and uh, Lord Shiva said, He's not in shock, he's in ecstasy. He's so overwhelmed with the love of Krishna that how Lord Chaitanya is so merciful that these sinful people started to chant the holy names and became uh, devotees and got freed from all their sins. That he became ecstatic, he's in trance. That's why your efforts to revive him are working. You want to revive him, chant Hare Krishna in his ear. So they were starting chanting Hare Krishna. So in Yamaloka, all these uh, employees, you can imagine Yamadutas and accountants and everyone (laughs) having a big kirtan to revive uh, Yamaraj. And then uh, he came back to consciousness. So then... uh, You know, he looked around, everybody's chanting, and they all got up, and they just had a huge kirtan celebrating how Lord Chaitanya is uh, delivering. So where by Lord Chaitanya's mercy, the work is uh, less for the Yamadutas and the Yamaloka. Of course, there's a number of people who are very meticulously avoiding Lord Chaitanya's mercy. So I'm sure they're not completely free from business right now. But uh, we'd like to see that in the future, of course, uh, give them a little bit of a break for a while. In the Padma Puran, it says that Yati Maharaj, he establishes, he was the emperor of the world and he got Krishna consciousness established around the world by sponsoring Brahmanas who went and preached Krishna consciousness. And they got everybody to chant Hare Krishna and Satya Satya Yuga. So because... uh, chanting is so powerful that in Satya Yuga as we are chanting it is unbelievably powerful that people became so pious so spiritualized that nobody was dying people were just uh, they weren't even growing old they were remaining uh, youthful so there was three generations of people and they used to live a hundred thousand years so in and, and Satya Yuga, uh, Lok, and Satya Yuga. So parents, then the, then children and grandchildren all were living together and you couldn't tell the difference. They all looked young, nobody was getting old, nobody was dying. So at that time it says that Indra was touring the universe and he went to Yamaloka, and the Yamadutas were all sitting there like firemen when there's no fire, they were sitting there, it's passing time. And they could more or less really uh, gave some chastisement to, Indra, what kind of a universe are you running here? <laughs> Nobody's dying, The Siyati Maharaj is just ridiculing you, your authority. What are we doing here? Why do you give us a job as uh, to punish uh, sinful people? Nobody does any sin. And we're just uh, sitting here, you know, twiddling our thumbs, with nothing to do, we're going to get bored, we put us somewhere else. Like this, they were criticizing Indra, so Indra made a point of it, okay, we got to get people back into sinful life. This is a really weird, you know, <laughs> stuff manages sometimes, you know. The ego thing there, I wanted to get things back to normal. So it's possible, like Prabhupada said, we if, we, if uh, the planet becomes Krishna conscious, the Yamaloka will have a vacation. But, you know, this is, at this point in time, we still have a little work ahead of us. I think that uh, they're not suffering from an extreme uh, shortage of work uh, load yet, but sometimes when you uh, think how easy it is to get purified by a little bit of Krishna consciousness, swapamapya apyasya dharmasya mahato trayato boyat. svapam so then, even a little bit of Krishna consciousness can save us from the greatest dangers. So, like we do Ratriatra festival and busy, busy times. And I remember one lady; she came in Toronto, and she told me uh, she's just uh, like a, a normal Canadian lady. Uh, and then she mentioned to me that the people putting on this festival—it's so beautiful. It's uh, so wonderful to see how these chariots and this uh, everything is so beautiful. I like it so much. And I was just thinking that just uh, by appreciating Krishna, you get so many uh, spiritual blessings. It says that if you just appreciate the yatra if you walk with or pull the rope, then uh, you get uh, liberated and you go back to Krishna. So she was highly appreciating. And she didn't know anything about it, but she just was appreciating it. It was very beautiful, the singing, the dancing, the all colorful decorations. So I thought, this lady, you know, like uh, the Yamaloka, they got to do a lot of, put a lot of white out. (laughs) (laughs) Just because she's seeing the rathyatra, she's hearing the chanting. So I suggested to her, why don't you go and pull the chariot? You just pull that rope. And then she said, you see, I just came from the grocery, and I know you people are very pure, and see I got my shopping bag here I have some meat I'm not a vegetarian yet and I' probably if I won't go and touch the rope carrying this meat maybe it's a sin or something but somehow she's a little bit sensitive so well you put your bag there for I uh, just go and touch and come back so she put her bag there I just stand here I won't you know I'm not gonna touch it but you know. <laughs> but she ran over and pulled it off and came back and took her bag so Robert said that we are, you know, the police, that's Yama Loka and the Yama Dutta, they're the police force. They pick up people, take them there for the rehabilitation program. When they have too many sins that to be born, it's just like better to clear off some of the negative account and they can take birth and a little bit better position.
1: Just have a little
0: bit, maybe take a lousy birth on earth. So... But if it's got a tons of, lots of impious activities, lots of sinful activities, then better to go burn it off uh, intensively and then start off with a little bit better uh, better situation. So, but the uh, devotees, so they're making, uh, like you see Srimad Bhagavatam, it's a revolution in uh, the sinful lives of the people. Just hearing about Krishna just uh, chanting Hare Krishna, taking some prasadam, and making so much good fortune for people. Like the book distributors, when they give somebody a book, and they just hold the book. Just by holding the Bhagavad Gita, holding the Shima Bhagavatam, they get so many blessings. Here you have your dinner club, they come and take prasadam. They may not know that for them it's just a good vegetarian meal, but it's actually uh, had so much spiritual blessings in it for them. I remember once I was talking to some lady who was uh, now chanting and practicing Krishna consciousness, a young lady, <coughs> maybe in her early 20s, and then I asked her, when's the first time you heard about Krishna? She said, well, when I was 14 years old, I saw a Harinam party on the street. I saw the devotees chanting. Immediately I was attracted. I wanted to go there, and look at them, and ask them what they're doing, but I was with my parents and they grabbed me. No, no, don't go there, you know, those are not good people or something, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she remembered that her whole life was seeing the devotees and Harinam. So how just the Harinam had made this lasting impression. Somewhere, somewhere in Europe or something. Maybe it was Iron Man. So like this, uh, there's so many different planets and according to our desires and our karmas we can go to different planets, but if we want to serve Krishna, then we go to Krishna Loka, out of this material world, or maybe sometimes uh, we go where Krishna is having his Leela somewhere in the material universes. Some liberated souls, they come down like in Chaitanya lila even from heavenly planets or from the spiritual world, to help Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to spread the Sankirtan movement. So, this is, uh, sometimes we're wondering where Prabhupada is now, and he back in Krishna Loka? he taking up some of the projects that uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sartakar talked about? preaching in the moon or some other place some some devotees actually uh, stay in the material world, they have ecstatic love of Krishna they just help to spread the Krishna conscious movement so there's different in and, and the Bhakti Rasamita Sindhas so someone may have bhava bhakti for a thousand births before they get Krishna prema. So, Krishna-prema is something very rare, very great. And uh, the Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving it very freely. That's why it's an inconceivable mercy to have Krishna-prema. So, we're serving Krishna and praying that by serving Lord Chaitanya Sankirtan movement by his mercy, you can also get this rare gift. Super, extremely rare gift of Krishna Prema. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adha Nishiva Sri Gopra Bhaktivinoda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama Rama Rama, Any questions or comment? Yes?
2: With uh, Pitru Loka being in its location in not not such a good in the 14 planetary system, is it important to stress in our preaching to, rather than just to continue to give worship of the forefathers uh, in, in the general fashion, to actually move towards getting them out of out of that Loka and back into a realm where they can take up Krishna consciousness?
0: Pitri Loka is considered also like a kind of heavenly situation. It's some subterranean heavens. Different kinds of situations. It's strange, but obviously we want to get people out of this material world. And uh, it's not that every uh, parent is in Pitri Loka. I mean, there's a lot worse destinations. They may be also in some very really hellish condition. Someone may be. Uh, Very sick in the next life but because the descendants are performing a srad and doing the and sending Krishna Prashad package to them, suddenly they get healthy, they recover, have a better material position. <laughs> Need devotees. But it says anyway that the pair the son or daughter deliver their forefathers from a hellish condition. Son is called a putra and a daughter is called a putri. Pu means hell, and cha means deliver like man means mind and tra means deliver. Mantra, putra. So if the descendants have delivered their parents or forefathers from hell then they are considered very good descendants. So that's one of the ceremonies we do is uh, we offer uh, a Srada ceremony on the death anniversary of a forefather. We do worship to Vishnu, offer boga to Vishnu and then the prasadam from that offering was offered to the forefathers. So this can save them from hellish conditions. And some once in a life usually in India people go to some holy place like Gaya which is especially dedicated for this kind of puja for the forefathers. So there they have a lotus footprint of Vishnu, where Vishnu came from the spiritual planet and he put his uh, foot there and made an impression. So the actual footprint of Vishnu is in the stone. So you can do the worship to that footprint and then offer Lord Chaitanya and in for his father. That's when he got initiated. When he was initiated, and he developed, he manifested his love of Godhead. Before then, he was a devotional brahmana, but uh, he was not uh, manifesting love of Krishna. That came after his initiation. And he was initiated in Gaya, in the ashram of uh, Ishwar Puri Maharaj, called Jangambadi. I almost got that ashram 20 years ago, but Shankaracharya blocked me. So, or if you can get back to Krishna, then 14 generations will also be delivered. You're going to get back to Krishna, deliver your forefathers and descendants? One householder came and said, Please initiate my son. Because if he can get back to Krishna, then I get a free ticket. (laughs) 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 So I don't think I'll make it. (laughs) I'm too (laughs) attached. But there's hope for him. (laughs) Interesting. Juanita, what question?
1: Uh, in the, when the someone die in home, you have to follow how many days to not enter the temple? Something so doesn't uh, To follow for devotees, you know. Someone die in home like. Uh, Possibly, mother, possibly,
0: father, pathway. it have to be, uh, how many days have to be, all of uh, It's interesting. I was told, like, for instance, they have, a, in Guru Vayur temple in South India, they have a, a group of uh, Brahmanas who want to do the service. So there's more people who want to do the service than there are slots. So they have some ceremony where an elephant lists out someone's name from a basket, and that person is going to be the head priest for six months. Then he makes up his own team and then for six months he's the head priest of the temple. Then again after six months, there'll be a new check. So one of my disciples, uncle, was like that chosen many times by the deity. By the to be the head priest. So they have a system that is when he's for that six months he won't have contact with his family. He'll be totally into the temple worship. So that may offer himself every other six months. So six months of his family, six months of his good luck he gets to be the head priest. So they told me that in that case when he's the head priest and if there's a death in his family they don't inform him. Whether they had priests, so if he doesn't know, doesn't matter. We don't know. Don't hurt you. Then he's not. The idea is that someone may be very affected. My father died. My mother left. And then if they're like emotional like that, and they go before the deities, it's not so good to, to go with some very much materially uh, attached. but if you don't know, then uh, that's one thing. Is these people that are serving, they don't have to tell them if they're doing some crucial deity worship. Otherwise, this is more of a Vedic tradition. I did research to see that, I know that sannyasis don't have to follow that because they're considered to be civilly dead. To what degree the uh, the devotees have to follow i to research the folio to see what Prabhupada said on this issue. I know he said, like for brahmanas, I think it's 11 days. And then for chatria, this was 11, 15, 21, and 30. Someone said a sudra then 30 days. soch. So because know, maybe they consider that brahmanas are supposed to be more spiritually conscious, so they should recover quicker from that sadness of losing a relative. They do the ceremonies but someone's uh, second initiated, it's a brahmana. <coughs> if you consider from that point of view it would be uh, eleven days. Somebody's uh, ready detached whether it can be exempted. I don't know how much profit I actually enforced this uh, Within Iskan for the devotees living in the temple communities. There's a Nepali a sheltered disciple whose grandfather passed away. So then, officially, they consider that a mourning period. So for one year, he can't get married.
1: Yeah, in Nepal, it's common that right? one year after. No. No, any, it's not going to any temple, not visiting there. For a year? One year, yeah. <laughs> They're not putting any mark on the lotus feet? I thought,
0: well, going to the temple would be somewhere between 11 to 30 days, but mm-hmm. they said just getting married is like uh, no happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not to go to the temple for one year, mm. too much.
1: No prasada, no, you can eat prasada. No prasada. You, eat prasad. no, you eat prasad. have to eat head. This the Vaishnava I don't think. We have <laughs> <some prasad, laughs> to <right? laughs> not sure if <laughs> <some. laughs> And when the, when we don't
0: follow that for sure because we have to eat cassava.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Guru Mahal, the second question is when the like a monthly problem, no, a place to have uh, it's like a, um, You have a cla- you have a
0: question in the class or this is this general history No no no,
1: I'm just asking this question because sometimes happened no? when they have monthly problem morning you know, they have to be not going to others or something so. Uh,
0: Prabhupada said anything, to you know? Yeah, in Iskama they say, off the altar. <laughs> <laughs> She's off the altar.
2: <laughs>
0: generally, they're not supposed to uh, do the, the deity worship at that time. But then somebody asks what to do in emergency. Like, say there's nobody else, you have to house deities and the husband's away. So then Prabhupada said, like, well, in emergency, there's no rules that uh, you have to do. Just like the mother may be uh, having that her monthly, but she has to still feed the babies, has to feed the kids, has to do. If you're in a big joint family, then they they can cover it around and give her a vacation for three, four days. Mm. But if you're a nuclear family where there's just a, a wife and a the husband, then uh, what can you do? Mm. So... Sometimes the husband maybe helps. If that's not possible, then uh, she has to do. Like that, if you're in a very small temple and there's no other brahmana or pujari, then sometimes, so, even though she's supposed to be off the altar, if there's an emergency, the Vishnu has to be served. Prabhupada said to make an exception. Ashutananda, last question. Name when is the uh, deity's open?
2: As soon as you finish this question,
1: okay. So when when uh, a forefather to Petralopia, how how long do they spend there? <laughs> well, as
0: soon as you go back to Godhead, then they all they get they can go back to Godhead too. Mm. <laughs> I think they get to stay there as long as uh, their their descendants are are pretty pious. They're there because it says that. I remember once I heard this. Uh, I didn't. Someone told me because I used to have a real long seeker. Gradually my hair is falling out, but it's getting a little shorter. It's only this long. Used to be like very long. Maybe one day Simon will have a long seeker.
2: <laughs>
0: very <laughs> In South India they have. The, the brahmana is just, just shave like a one inch <laughs> and the rest of the head is considered sika. <laughs> Although the normal is just the back of the head. this part here. Yeah. I see a lot of people with sikas recently in the airports. I mean, they're not devotees. It just like, seems to be a path. Trendy. Trend. yeah. also is
1: in post a big sika, like South Indian
0: So they said that uh, when you take a bath, <laughs> the water that falls off your sikha <laughs> makes rain fall in the pitri loka.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's auspicious people because people, it means that your descendants are devotees, they have sikhas, so that's good for your forefathers. There's all kinds of things which uh, may give sense and benefit to the forefathers. But exactly how you move from one planet to the next eventually they had to come back here on Earth again. But if the descendants go back to God here, they can go back also. didn't research so much about Petri Loka kind of shooting a little bit higher than that but it's uh, probably one of the Puranas that has, a, has more about Petri Loka Bhagavad Purana has 18,000 verses what Skanda Purana has 200,000 or something or some very big not it's much bigger different Puranas that's what one, if someone uh, some pandits say they want to Bluff you, and then they say, where does it say that it says in the Skanda Puran? Because it's so big." You <laughs> so that research and find out, you know. <laughs> but the six Goswamis they researched all the Puranas. They took out many Bhakti quotes and put them in Hari Bhakti Vilas, and then they this uh, the. Uh, Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu, different quotations from the different Puranas. Also Prabhupada quotes because of the different tikats, the different commentaries by the different uh, Goswamis. They also mention uh, quotations from different Puranas and Vedas, Samhitas. So one time I was preaching in Sri Lanka and there that you know, all the Hindus are uh, Tamils more or less. I mean maybe 99%. So, and most of them are like Morgan and Ganesh and Shiva and Durga devotees. There's some Krishna temples, but mostly it's uh, the uh, Shiva Pariwar. So, I'll be quoting from the Bhagavan Puran. So, one time in the question and answer person, so why are you always speaking from the Bhagavan Puran? Why not the Shiva Puran or Skanda Puran? <laughs> <laughs> so then, I did a search on Folio, and I found there was like over 150 or something. It's a huge number of quotes from Shiva Puran and Skanda Puran. So then I started using those quotes. One quote was so heavy I could never use it, but the, the many were nice, very uh, really nice. Like, like in the Skanda Puran, one quote is, it says, "You say the two syllables, ha and re." So I get everyone to chant ha. Hari, 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 Hari. That's the Vishnu will steal away from you. He's <laughs> 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 steal away all your suffering, your misfortune, your material, you know, contamination. He's so away all the garbage from your life. The first I tell you steal from me, I get worried. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice interesting quotes and the main ones I think we, we have the some access to, but there's a lot more that could be researched. So like that uh could know, more like a karma kind of place. Yes?
2: can
0: I ask one more question? You're Hi. the boss here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Shilaparpa had um, mentioned in one third quarter in Cis Canto, um, in interesting, you see the section near where they're talking about Fitzgerald and the Sixth and 12 planets, and mentions mentioned that even if we give up all other types of ritualistic processes, we should never give up devotional service. It's the one thing that should never be given up. It should be the, the last one major um, opportunity that we have in our life that we never push aside is this also in, in accordance with some of the other some, some of the, the thoughts that we've just been discussing about the, you know, the the different things that we go through in life and some of some of the processes and debaters subscribe no, women got the ultimate parents pass away
0: and family leave their bodies should any of this come into into reality in terms of devotional service we shouldn't give up our devotional service that's that's why how much these things relate to uh, the devotees is questionable we have our devotional service that takes the priority over these other considerations These things are more for people that are not Krishna conscious because they'll be very much attached and they'll be very much affected when these things happen. So that they don't come in the temple and cry for some material thing or be, you know, very emotionally affected. Just give them a little vacation. Okay, take it easy, recover. That's just for the normal. But if somebody's already transcendentally I understand that my parents haven't died they're still living they're very spiritually conscious then it may not uh, relate so much with them but in any case even for devotees we have to chant our 16 rounds every day much, you know, as far as possible and eat prasadam and go on with our devotional service so that that has to continue Sometimes I arrive someplace and there's an initiation and then somebody's been waiting for two years to get initiated or something and then just at that time she goes off the altar. So then in India, they'll just say wait till the next time, you know, but uh, sometimes we make, uh, make some alternative arrangement like they take their grains and put in a little bowl and your husband can put them in the, or some friend can put them in the fire. She's not doing a direct ahuti, but she's indirectly she's doing so. Somehow we make some adjustment, figure out a way to let things go on. So for us, our priority is the devotional service more than this external. But if you're living in Nepal and if you don't follow that, then people think you're as smart as some different environments are there.